This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. Each week this spring, we are honoring the seniors of a Bates team that did not get to finish its season due to the COVID-19 pandemic. This week, we chat with the senior captains from the tennis teams, plus an interview with head coach Paul Gassengay. That's coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The Bates women's tennis team was off to a strong start this spring, jumping out to a 4-2 record. In large part thanks to the Bobcats' three senior captains, Susie Elfman, Lauren Hernandez, and Isabel Ravensky. All three joined the Bobcast this week to reflect on their Bates careers. Susie, we'll start with you. Take us back to when you were looking for colleges um, out of high school. What ended up making Bates the place for you uh, coming up from Longmeadow, Massachusetts, to um, study and to play tennis here? Yeah, so when I was a senior in high school, um, I really hadn't heard of Bates until um, I met Coach Gassingay, um, and he invited me up to do an overnight with the team, and I just ended up really loving the team, loving the culture of the team, um, and I decided it was the right fit for me. And Lauren, how about for you? I'm coming from Chester, New Jersey, uh, here to Bates. Sure, thank you. I guess similar to... Susie, I met Coach Gaston Gay at a recruiting camp for tennis, and at that time I was looking for a smaller school that I could both play on the team and had strong academics, and when I went and visited Bates after I met Coach Gaston Gay, I got a really good feel for the campus and uh, the team culture, and I really liked the, the women that I would be playing with. Um, who are the upperclassmen, and I just love the feeling of being on base campus, so that's sort of how I fell into place there. Great, and Isabel, you came up from New York, from Manhattan, where you went to high school. What was the transition like for you coming from, you know, kind of, um, well, <laughs> see that never sleeps to uh, a little bit smaller town, perhaps? It was definitely a big change for me, personally. I knew that I wanted to go somewhere a little different from where my high school classmates wanted to go, I wanted like a small school experience and to be able to play on the tennis team like my mom was also on her team. And when I met Coach Gastongay, like everyone has said, you can just get a great feeling for how the team gets along. And going on that overnight really solidified that for me. Everyone was just so friendly and you get a great feel from base and it's just such a great atmosphere. Susie, I know I was talking to Coach Gastongay, your, your first year in the spring, you know, he had an injury, couldn't compete. What was that process like getting back to competition, you know, sophomore year, going into, you know, um, moving forward from kind of a, not a loss first year, but kind of the first year that maybe you didn't get to play as much as you were hoping perhaps. My freshman year, I um, broke my back, which was a big injury for me. Um, and I really was only able to sit through that season because of the support of my teammates. They were really there for me. And um, it felt really good my sophomore year to finally be able to come back on the court. Um, and it took a little bit of adjustment, but um, I got back to a place that I was really happy with, and I got some great tennis for the rest of my Bates career. And, Lauren, you know, you've been particularly successful, I feel like, in doubles teaming up with Hannah Sweeney, who's a, a year younger, but Coach Gaffney was saying you're one of the better doubles players, you know, in the conference. So what makes doubles particularly comfortable for you, in your opinion? Right. I, I love doubles. Uh, I think that 
one of the more important aspects of that specific game is just being on your toes and getting ready to, you know, attack the ball at the net and not being afraid of the ball. Uh, Ever since I was young, I've always loved running and sprinting up to the net to get those uh, balls that seem that are seemingly impossible. Um, So I think that teaming up with Hannah Sweeney was great. We have a great on court and off court dynamic and really balance each other out uh, style wise on court. Um, And I think that we had a great run and it was overall a great experience. Yeah. Isabel, um, obviously you were, you were captain along with uh, Susie and Lauren this year. What was the experience like, you know, in the fall, knowing you three had such a leadership role this season um, as the three seniors on the women's team? It was definitely a change going into such an important leadership, leadership position as we have kind of been leaders in the past. But teaming up with Lauren and Susie has been amazing, and we really are able to bounce off of each other and kind of like balance out the dynamic a little better with the team. And we definitely tried our hardest to get the dynamic there and the energy there. And I think that's really shown based off of the short season that we had and how well we even did this season. And it was a lot of fun to be working with both other senior girls. Certainly. And, well, Susie, how about any memorable matches from your time here at Bates that you'll remember maybe, you know, 10 years down the road? I had one particular singles match. Um, It was against Connecticut College. It was a really long match for the whole team in general. I think Hannah Sweeney had like a four, almost four hour match that time. um, And I ended up winning that. And it was just kind of one of those experiences that I felt really brought us all a little bit closer together. And that's definitely one of the matches that I'll reflect on. Yeah. Just to follow up on that, Susie, these tennis matches can certainly, I mean, uh, in a team setting in particular, last a long time. What's that grind like? How do you prepare for that? Yeah, so definitely uh, good night's sleep ahead of time and just <laughs> some meditation before our matches. Um, we have a lot of really good team rituals that we do ahead of time, and I think the most important part um, is just keeping the energy high overall. Um, the people that are cheering off court when they're not playing their matches are so important to keeping that energy going the whole time. Great. Lauren, how about for you in terms of memorable matches during your time at Bates? Sure. I think uh, also to circle back to my doubles play with Hannah Sweeney, um, I think this might have been our first match um, ever playing with each other, but uh, in 2017, I believe, uh, we played against Pomona on our California trip, 2018 actually, and we were down, I think, uh, four, six or something like that, or two, six. And we immediately clicked and said, we're not going to let this opportunity pass us by and really locked in with each other and focused on every single uh, ball uh, during every point. And really, we were able to come back and win that match uh, eight, six. And that was just the beginning of a phenomenal uh, partnership which I thought was a really great uh, start. And that, that will always be one of my best memories playing with Hannah. Awesome. Isabel, how about for you? Um, any particularly uh, memorable matches? I personally love playing against Colby because it's such a great rivalry that we have with them. And we're also friends with that team too. I would say it's one of the teams I'm most comfortable with. We always have such good matches and it goes back and forth. It's always a nail biter and it's really the energy off court that keeps us going. And I really, I've always loved playing against them. 
I would say that my personal favorite match that I've played, though, was against Middlebury last year in singles when I um, beat the my, the girl I was playing in a third set tiebreaker. And it's just, like, such a great feeling to, like, clinch a win that was so close and to be out there with, like, people that I love playing next to. It was just a lot of fun. Susie, this women's tennis team this year in particular had a pretty big first-year class. I think I'm looking at six of them from the class of 2023. What's that like from a leadership perspective? What do you tell the first years when they come in? What kind of questions do they ask you? What do you say to them about what it takes to succeed, you know, at Bates and then the NESCAC in general? Yeah, so I think having a big freshman class definitely has a big impact on just what the team feels like, especially this year we had a bit of a larger team than we've ever had in the past. Um, and so that was really fun. It brought a lot of new energy, a lot of new personality um, to our team. And I think um, we found our way to click in and sink into a team culture that everyone was really proud to be a part of. Um, and I definitely think that will continue for years to come. Yeah, Lauren, I'm, I'm thinking, I mean, you must be excited about the future of this program because it seems like there's a lot of potential there. What are your thoughts on, you know, as, as you transition to being a young alumni, you know, following this program in future years here? Oh, I can't wait to follow base tennis for the rest of my life. Uh, I think that the program is growing stronger every year with not only really tough athletes and very competitive players, but uh, with great personalities and a mindset that allows for our team culture to flourish and prosper. And I think that uh, we will only get stronger from here. Isabel, similar thoughts on that? I completely agree with what everyone has been saying. The program's going to get so amazing in the next coming years, and we've really tried to build up that dynamic and that energy and everyone's so strong this year. It's probably, like, this year was one of the strongest teams we've ever had, and I can't wait to see what everyone's going to do next year, and I can't wait to go back and watch so many matches because I'll, I'll be nearby. So it'll be great to see what everyone accomplishes. So, Susie, uh, just any other final thoughts you wanted to share on, you know, your time on the women's tennis team that we haven't gotten to talk about yet? Um, the only thing I have to say is just that, um, Coach Woods and Coach Gay have done an incredible job um, just really fostering this sense of sisterhood on the team, and that's something that uh, I'm really proud of and that I'm excited to watch grow. Lauren, how about for you? Any final thoughts? Yeah, I would, I would also like to thank uh, Coach Gay and Coach Woods for all of their time and effort, um, and I'm just overall extremely grateful for having this experience and meeting the amazing people that I did. And I know that um, these women are going to be lifelong friends uh, and not only um, just a memory in the past, but we'll, we'll be connected forever in a, in a sister-like way, which I'm very excited about. Awesome. And Isabel, you get, you get the last word here. Any final thoughts? Yeah, I would also like to thank Coach Woods and Coach Gay. I could not have done the past four years without them, and I'm so grateful that I was able to have them through it all. And as for my teammates, they are such amazing girls that I know will be in my life forever. And I can't wait to see what everyone accomplishes. And I can't wait to be part of the alumni program. Susie Elfman, Lauren Hernandez, and Isabel Ravinsky, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you. The men's tennis team spent the past two years battling injury after injury. But senior captains Jacob Eisenberg, Nick Glover, Jacob Coppola, and Vid Yadov kept things positive and kept battling for the team on and off the court.
These four Bobcats are from all around the country, and this week they join the Bobcast on the phone. Jacob Eisenberg, let's start with you and your development for you after you know you're missing the first year due to injury, you know trial by fire kind of, especially last year. But this season it all seemed to come together with some really nice wins, including one over a Division II opponent. How do you see your tennis game grow um, as a Bobcat? You know, starting off injured and, and finishing so strong. Yeah, I think I think my game and and just everything is is grown a lot and developed since I've gone to Bates. I think that uh, obviously I didn't really get to play much my first year, um, and so that kind of put a fire in me and gave me a lot more incentive to work harder and and ultimately do everything I could as a teammate and as a player to come back and and help the team as much as possible. So I think that that played a big role, and I think I put a lot more uh, time and effort into being a good team player and, and kind of putting a lot more time into my fitness and diet. And I think that's ultimately what helped me kind of come together and, and help me develop much as I've, uh, in my four years at Bates. Awesome. And Nick, you seem to have a lot of success in those tournaments, especially in doubles with Josh Keanu. What was that dynamic like? He graduated obviously in 2019, but you two had a lot of success in a couple of different years. Um, what, what are your memories of playing doubles with him and, and, and what made that successful combination in your opinion, perhaps? Yeah, we had some great success. I remember um, our freshman year, the first tournament, um, it was like a Middlebury Invitational. We got to the finals of it, and we beat a Middlebury team who ended up winning the entire national championship. And we beat them, I think it was 8-3. So that turned out to be quite a good win. And, yeah, I think our pairing worked well because I I like to be very active at the net. And Q, I could trust him at the baseline to just make every ball. And in addition as well, he had very creative hands, great doubles player. And so, and we got along well. So, yeah, it just worked out perfectly. Certainly. Well, speaking of double success, uh, Jacob Coppola knows a little bit about that. All-American as a sophomore with Ben Rosen in doubles. Take us back to that season and that combination, the experience of the NCAAs. What was that like for you? Yeah, man. Oh, it's uh, definitely reminiscing on those times. Um, I think one of the main takeaways I had from it was I wasn't even, throughout the entire season, I wasn't even thinking that we were, had like an opportunity to go to the NCAAs. I was just happy to be playing with Froes, and um, I think we had a re- really good chemistry on court and off court. So, and that the the team itself is just so tight. So you can pretty much play with anyone, and I was really happy to play with Froes. And then all of a sudden, towards the end of the season, uh, I'm realizing we're kind of in the top of the rankings for the doubles, and we were crossing our fingers, hoping hoping we got one of those top three spots or even the wild card. And somehow it came through, and um, I don't know, we, we we worked super hard in those, I think, two or three weeks leading up to NCAAs where we had off. And, um, yeah, when we got there, I think we were all firing on full cylinders. We were super eager to be out there on court. And um, we had, I mean, Vid and um, Mike Biotti, one of our friends, came down to watch us, and they were filming. And we had a big fan crowd, so the atmosphere was incredible. And I think it just set the perfect stage for us to do pretty well there. Excellent one. Vid, you're from California. Take us back to when you were looking for colleges. Um, what made Bates the place for you eventually? Yeah, well, um, I was really just kind of looking at schools. I really wanted to play, like, a high level of uh, tennis, and um, I knew D3 offered that, and it's one of the um, sports tennis where you're playing at such a high level in D3, so that's kind of how I was looking at D3 schools. And then my brother had gone to Wesleyan, and they have a really good program down there, and that's what got me got, got me looking at Bates. And then after I met Coach um, and met the team, who seemed like great guys, and uh, coaching staff was really good, that's kind of what uh, sold me on Bates, to be honest. Excellent. Well, I always like to talk about memorable matches. Um, obviously, there were 
there are probably many for all of you. Jacob Eisenberg, let's start with you. Some memorable matches that you'll remember, you know, 10 years down the road, you think, during your time as a Bobcat? I think there were a few. I think one that definitely stuck out was um, we, my sophomore year. Um, we were playing MIT at the end of the season, and it, um, and the matches were tied at 4-all, and it came down to my match. Um, and it was a really long and close match, and it came down to a third set. And kind of having my whole team there cheering me on and, uh, having that really cool atmosphere in Merrill, I think that was uh, definitely one of my and, – and being able to win it, um, I think it was one of the my favorite memories, being part of Bates Tennis. And, Nick, we touched on a few of those memorable matches for you, perhaps. Any others you uh, want to you know, reflect on here in terms of stuff you'll remember down the road? Obviously, the win over the Middlebury guys, probably at the top of the list, but anything else, perhaps? Yeah, that one's definitely at the top of the list. But another one that comes straight to my mind is um, junior when I got to play line two doubles with Ben Eckert. Um, we played against Amherst, and we won 9-8 in a tiebreak. Very back-and-forth match. Super long, really high level. And that one that one was so much fun. I loved playing with, with Ben. He kept me very stable on the court, always kept me laughing. And so, yeah, that was a great match, great win. Excellent. Jacob, I mean, we know all about NCAAs with Ben. Anything else for you? I mean, not, it seems like doubles matches tend to be more memorable because it's more of a, a team effort when you're out there by yourself, perhaps, right? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, having someone on the court there, kind of, I don't know, you share, you share the success, you share the losses, it's kind of like a whole journey. But honestly, the one of the most memorable matches for me, it wasn't even, I don't even think I won that day. Um, it was against Bowdoin freshman year that they were, I think, top five in the country. And I think we were sitting around 20. And we were definitely not slated to win that by any means. But Chris Ellis clinched it for us against Grant Erkin, who ended up being a national champion singles and um geez i just remember the entire i mean the few the few people that were actually there at the inside Merrill, just the entire place erupted and guys yeah it was an unbelievable experience awesome vid how about for you some memorable matches yeah i think uh for me it was honestly i've won uh where i lost it was amherst when it was four all in the match and i was the last match out there in the third set and i lost it but it was just an unbelievable experience being able to play that match and Really enjoyed that. And then also probably our Brandeis match last year. Um, uh, I was playing against a kid. You know, Brandeis is obviously one of our, you know, big rivals. And I was playing against a kid I lost to the year before. And I went out there, played really well, and um, kind of was playing really at the peak of my game and beat him. So I think that was, those are two of my um, best matches and most memorable ones. Jacob, I mean, I touched on this when I interviewed the women's players earlier today, but these matches in, in college tennis, <laughs> I mean, and for the for the team results to be decided, it can last seven, eight hours. What are some of those long days into night like uh, from your perspective? No, yeah, they, they can be really draining um, mentally and physically. Uh, I remember, I, I guess I've been in the situation a few times, but um, I guess one match I remember from the fall playing a tough guy um, just turned into a really long match after playing a few matches that day and um it can just it can just get very emotional there's just so much going through your head and um whether it's an individual or team match you just feel like every match is so important and um you want you know you want to fight and do everything you can and so yeah the matches can be really long and i guess practice you know becomes really important um and just being able to handle the pressure and everything that kind of goes along with it so it's something that i've honestly enjoyed most about college tennis Certainly. And, Nick, this senior class is interesting. You have Jacob Eisenberg from New York. You're from Austin, Texas. Jacob Coppola from 
Missouri, Vince from California. So people from all over the country in the senior class, what, what's that dynamic been like getting to know each other over these last four years? Oh, it's been fantastic. It's been really fun having um, having one person from really each part of the nation. Everyone's kind of different. Everyone has their little quirks. I have a little twang. And so, yeah, it's been really fun. And we, we all get along great. Um, we've been pretty much best friends since the start of college. And, yeah, it's been fantastic. I love all these boys. Jacob Capolai, I was talking with Coach Gassingay about this, but obviously for you and for Vid, you know, injuries this past season, obviously, try, you know, pretty frustrating. What was that like for you, though, to, to try to battle back from that? I mean, it, it's a process, certainly, isn't it? Gosh, going to that decision of whether I wanted to get the surgery and that was tough because I wasn't it was never 100% sure whether I'd be back in time for season or if it even go properly and if I could even play tennis again so um, I kind of had to weigh those and I kind of had to just trust that I don't know the training staff they were also phenomenal like huge shout out to them but they helped me all the way through and knowing that coach would always be there for me and making the right decisions keeping me in check and um I, would, I just had to believe that I was that I was going to be ready just in time for season, and that's what ended up happening before I kind of got swept out from under our feet. So, but regardless, I think me and Vid did a great job of encouraging each other too to not get discouraged, and um, I don't know, just kind of doing it for the team because I knew we were we had something special. So I was just doing it for them for the most part. Yeah, and and Vid, coach was telling me that he had to hold you back from from going out there on the court. You you were really eager to get back. I and mean, what was the process like for you? Yeah, I mean, it was it was, it was definitely hard because uh, I really wanted to play because I felt like I could play in the fall. I was still feeling, you know, a lot better than I was last spring, and I thought I was able to play, but the coach kind of wanted to save me for the spring, and it was kind of frustrating not being able to play in the fall, and I think the worst part was the first uh, match that me and Jacob were supposed to be back was MIT this year, and we were going to play doubles together, and uh, I was going to get on the singles court, and uh, our season got canceled the day before that match. So that's kind of devastating. But, I mean, did what I needed to do, me and Jacob, both of us, and everyone else on the team. And then, obviously, everything getting canceled, it's out of our hands. But it's um, but at least we gave it our best effort. Certainly. And Jacob Eisenberg, I remember your first year going back to 2016-2017. Obviously, you were injured that season. But the team itself had that surprise. I bid to the NESCAC tournament. I'm still remembering the team thought the season was over, then it wasn't. What was that like from your perspective as someone, you know, supporting the guys uh, even though you couldn't play? I think regardless, the team was really happy. I remember the moment we found out um, we were all in common meeting and um, everyone <laughs> kind of started yelling and stuff. And no one knew what we were so excited about, but it, it, it meant a lot to us because even though I, you know, everyone played a role in some sort of way, even though I couldn't necessarily play, I was doing my best to be the best teammate I could. And so, I think everyone that year worked really hard um, in order to be put in this position. And um, so regardless, it was, it was really exciting. Even if I um, was helping as much as I could on the sideline and not necessarily on the court. And Nick, what was um, it like with Coach Gassingay? You know, he's an alum, former All-American at base. What was, what was it like learning from him and Coach Woods over these past four seasons? Um, it was great. They're both extremely knowledgeable. They both, I've I've told them before uh, they're probably two of the most caring people I've ever met in my life. So I've been I've been thankful enough to get to know them for the past four years, and yeah, they've been great. They've been so beneficial for me as a tennis player and as a person. More impor- more importantly, because I came in kind of into college as kind of a kind of a know-it-all tennis player, but then um, I came out a far mature man, and that's all thanks to Coach Woods and Coach Gassinier. Great. Jacob Coppola, what did you learn from those two? Honestly, kind of just 
uh, reiterating what Glove says. They, I mean, they do an incredible job of taking care of you from start to finish, and they make – I wouldn't necessarily humble is the word, but they definitely discipline you and make you understand that, like, the team is always going to be bigger than you and never about the individual. And I think uh, throughout my entire career, uh, that was something I had to come to terms with. And because um, tennis is an individual sport, so – it's it's tough when they it's tough like really visualizing it as a team sport, but they drill it in you, and then at the end of at the end of the career, you're kind of you know you're playing better because you're doing it for the team, and I think they instill that really well inside. Great. Well, Vid, let's start with you in terms of any other thoughts you want to share about your time, you know, as a Bobcat that we haven't got to talk about yet here. I mean, I think it was just really a great experience to be on uh, the tennis team at Bates, and it really enhanced my experience overall. Getting to meet all the kids on the team. Um, the other seniors, obviously, I'm really good friends with them, and also having Coach and Woodsy there to support me. So overall, it was just, I mean, nothing more really to add, but it was a really great experience, and uh, being able to play at, um, you know, a really high level was awesome for four years. Jacob Eisenberg, how about for you? Any final thoughts? I think Vid touched on a lot um, there. I think I think he kind of perfected it. But, yeah, no, I, I think that tennis was a really important part of my college career, um, it's something I was really happy to be a part of, uh, kind of getting to play every role in the team, um, whether that be someone who's on the side or one who's a player and kind of contribute any way possible. Um, and so definitely one of my fondest memories. And I was really happy to be part of such a competitive team and such a competitive league. So uh, everything's pretty positive from my end. Nick, how about for you? Yeah, just to echo what was previously stated, like um, I can't imagine my Bates – career without without being on the tennis team it was fantastic I had a lot of ups and downs during my tennis career but I thoroughly enjoyed being on the team getting to meet all the guys hang with them and yeah it was fantastic I feel like yeah tennis as a sport there are a lot of ups and downs just for anyone I suppose but Jacob uh, Coppola how about for you in terms of your experience any final thoughts I'm just super grateful honestly for coach taking a chance on me and I don't know I met the four seniors here the three other seniors and they become some my best friends. So, um, God, yeah, having that family behind you always, and I've gained a lot of confidence in myself throughout my four years. And I owe that a lot to, to tennis and coach and just the whole team always being there for you. So yeah, I'm just really grateful. Awesome. Our four captains of the men's tennis team, seniors, Jacob Eisenberg, Nick Glover, Jacob Coppola and Vidyata. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Uh, really appreciate it from all over the country here on the phone today. Thanks again. Thank you, Aaron. Head coach Paul Gassengay says this is the hardest working senior class he's seen in his 24 years of coaching. Senior salute to our seven tennis seniors here on the Bobcast. And we have head coach Paul Gassengay joining us on the phone to talk women's and men's tennis. And uh, coach, obviously an abbreviated season um, for all Bates spring sports. Tennis did have a fall season, though, and um, we'll start on the women's side. They were off to a strong start in the spring before the season got cut short. And three seniors there, all the captains, Susie Elfman, Lauren Hernandez, and Isabel Ravensky. Just give me an idea, just in time in general, these three seniors on the women's side and what they meant to the program. Because I know, really, they've been all contributing since their very first you know, day on campus, basically. 100%. Uh, they were impactful. You know, I knew they were going to be as soon as we were recruiting them. But as soon as they stepped on campus, they were leaders on our team. Uh, both on the court, off the court. Um, you know, we had uh, some rough go of it at the beginning with um, 
Susie in her first year uh, didn't get to play in her spring season. She had a season-ending injury, and uh, so she really didn't even get to play at all in the spring. And then uh, Isabel in her sophomore year, uh, similar situation, had had to have a, a surgery um, and was out for the entire spring. So, you know, it was even more uh, painful to lose uh, their senior season, uh, even though we got a little bit in uh, because they had already missed uh, each uh, a major portion of their career. Um, that being said, um, they never stopped being leaders. Uh, even when they were, you know, Susie was in a, a brace and, and was at every practice and Isabel the same when she was out, like they never missed a beat. And uh, so they were just incredible leaders. And, and Lauren, you know, uh, from day one as well, um, was an incredible uh, impact on the team. Um, they all had, you know, different qualities, but they all had uh, similar leadership qualities. And, and you know, they really molded our team. And, you know, from first year on all the way through their senior year, um, every first-year class that came in, they, they molded and they made them um, – part of our culture and included them and were really uh, amazing role models on the court, off the court, academically as well. And uh, so I can't say enough about what they did. Yeah. And then Susie Elfman will go in alphabetical order of the three kind of more individually. Susie Elfman this year saw herself, you know, getting some action at number one doubles, um, playing pretty high up on the singles uh, level as well as, as a senior. You mentioned, you know, her first year she got hurt. She seemed to really, you know, bounce back um, and get a lot of playing time, you know, sophomore, junior, senior year. What about her made her, um, you know, a big contributor, you know, down the stretch in her career after after the slow start due to injury? Susie was just had a big game uh, from day one. Uh, I think, you know, her, her serve developed over her four years into a, a huge weapon. Her forehand was massive. Uh, she could hit a really heavy ball, and the thing that got – uh, better with Susie over her career was her ability to transition to the net and come forward. And you could see that uh, happening while she was playing doubles as well. It was probably not her forte when she came in. Uh, she was a very good singles player, but doubles uh, as w- what happens with a lot of these junior players is when they're playing high, you know, at the top of their high school lineup or, in tournaments, there's not a lot of doubles action for them. So it's something we have to teach them all. And uh, different, you know, playing singles where you're transitioning and you're building the point and it's a little bit more predictable, like, hey, this is the right time to come in. Uh, you know, and, and she got better and better at that and started to take advantage of her big attack shots and, and clean up with some easy volleys at the net. Doubles is a little different where, you know, things are happening a lot quicker and you have to have, a little bit more uh, time and, and just understanding like, Hey, this is, I got to make a move here. I got to take some chances. And, you know, Susie's career moved on uh, year after year, she got better and better at doubles and with her, her size and range, she was able to really impact at the net. Well, speaking of doubles, Lauren Hernandez is looking at her, career record and everything. I mean, she teamed up with Hannah Sweeney a lot in doubles um, during the back half of her career, and it seemed to 
really pay dividends for the team with some really strong records. What about those two made them such an effective team? And Lauren in particular, obviously, you know, also thriving in singles as well. Well, Lauren, you know, I discovered her at uh, my camp, um, you know, a couple years before college. And that's the thing that stood out with me. What an athlete she was, even at that age and her ability to move and, and cover the court. Uh, I just saw like her being, like an incredible doubles player uh, at the highest level uh, down the road. And uh, I was right. Uh, she's just an incredible worker, feisty, just an incredible athlete. And the way she moves on the doubles court from, you know, getting, you know, really tough overheads to crossing at the net. Like she's all over the net. She's hunting every single ball. And I would say she's one of the best doubles players in, in NESCAC. Um, and, uh, just her, her innate ability to, to hunt for the ball, look for the ball and, and just be tenacious. And then Isabel Rovinsky, Isabel, big impact her first year. You mentioned the injury her sophomore season, returned to the Bobcats last spring, um, as a junior and, and had a big impact winning record in singles last year. What about Isabel Rovinsky made her such an effective player for you, uh, when she was healthy? Well, Isabel was uh, a very good player before she came into Bates, and I, you know, all the the time I I got to review her match play and coach her at camps. Like she showed an aptitude for uh, being able to, you know, take coaching and get better. And but she had a really good base, and she was probably uh, one of the best, if not the best, on our team at hitting our you know directional patterns and using that court geometry to set up her points. And she, you know, she was really money with that. And when she stuck with that, she, she could take anyone off the court and create a short ball and get forward. Um, again, with her, I thought, you know, she got better and better of taking advantage of uh, those points that she created a short ball and getting forward and finishing at the net, which is obviously the, you know, what we do with our program. We teach all our players to be all, all court players and, uh, and finish at the net. But I thought uh, Isabel worked really hard on her fitness as well uh, to overcome that injury and and come back from that this year and and was uh, a real force uh, and able to compete with anyone. And the team was off to such a strong start this year as we we touched on there. They were off to a 4-2 and uh, record before the season got cut short. It's a bigger roster than maybe in years past. How do these three seniors, you know, you, you've always talked about how the recruiting classes keep getting better and better, but these three continue to have a presence in the lineup, so clearly they were getting better as the recruiting classes were coming in. That kind of internal competition seems to really be paying off, isn't it? Absolutely, but it also is the mindset and, you know, their psychology and the way uh, our culture works. And like I said earlier, the, they were such a big part of, this culture flourishing and for everyone on the team to understand it's like it's a we control our hard work we control our presence out there we can control how committed we are and how tenacious we are and how we persevere all those qualities they exuded and they were perfect examples so they were leaders from day one so each team every year is a different team but they've left their mark on that team and this year was finally their opportunity to do that as seniors and they had already, you know, left this incredible imprint on the team. And, and we were off to a, a great start. We had a really solid win over Wellesley. Um, we, we beat uh, Wheaton the day before, but just to, sh- 
to show their selflessness. Um, you know, we used our, you know, one of our first matches, we used our starting doubles lineup, and then we said, you know what, we have such a strong first-year class and sophomores, we're going to throw uh, these players in and uh, really give them an opportunity to play in the varsity role. And, uh, you know, not every senior would have uh, been okay with that. And they were like, you know what, this is good for the team down the stretch. This is what's going to get us ready for stiffer competition uh, down the road in, in the playoffs and against NESCAC opponents. And every year we've had to, you know, handle injuries and, and weather the storm there. And, and they saw the opportunity to give our uh, younger players an opportunity to face competition so that, you know, down the stretch they might be ready if uh, something happens. Certainly. And then, well, before we get to the men's team, any other thoughts you want to share about these three, uh, Susie, Lauren, and Isabel, that we haven't gotten to talk about yet? Their presence is going to be missed so much. Um, we can't say enough about the impact they've had on the team. I think um, it it goes to show that, you know, you can be the best athlete in the world and not have an impact like they had. They were They were great impacts on the court, but it was their presence off the court. When I'm not with the team, their leadership and their ability to show the way uh, how to be successful in life that made this uh, trio so effective and so helpful for our culture and our program. And, you know, they're all super successful. They all have, you know, jobs or, you know, Lauren's going to grad school and, you know, their confidence in the the people that they've become, uh, they were amazing people when they came in the program, but the people they've become and the, the way they've been able to show everyone else on the team how to be and how to, how to be a leader um, has been um, just so incredible. Great. And then four seniors on the men's side. And I mean, it's just been kind of tough luck, right? I mean, a lot of, uh, we touched on some of the injuries the women's team dealt with kind of early in their careers. The men's side was more towards the back half with uh, Jacob Coppola and, and uh, Vidyadov also suffering some injuries here um, in their senior seasons. I mean, what can you say though about the way they persevered? You know, how do they handle it kind of, you know, as leaders, even when they weren't able to play? Again, this group, it's interesting that, you know, both senior groups, the men and the women, came in together, and they they were all impactful the same way. And this men's group, um, you know, they right away they had an impact, and they, they showed everyone on the team how tough it was going to be to earn a spot, and they were competitive right off, right off the bat and talented. Um, Izzy, you know, Jacob Eisenberg, had hip surgery before he came in, came into college. And so I was trying to get him to take a gap year uh, just because he was uh, not likely going to play that first year, you know, and he ended up practicing at the end of his spring, but it was just going to take that much time. And uh, he was so connected with his incoming first years that he was like, no, I, I want to be with them. And, you know, so and he lost his first uh, spring but was also impactful, you know, in a leadership role right away. I think this group um, matured a lot over their four years and got better and better at, you know, leading and, and showing everyone else. Uh, this this spring it was, like, incredible because we had 
Jacob, who uh, Coppola, who's you know had to have a wrist surgery earlier in the in the fall, and we knew he wasn't going to be back until mid March, hundred um, percent. And he had been playing lights out in practice. I I wasn't permitting him to play in any matches. He sacrificed his time in Florida, and the same thing goes for Vid. Vidyadov was like an incredible. Uh, player he grew so much in our program and just was hitting one of the heaviest balls in the country um and he his movement was incredible this spring but we shut him down uh early spring last year where he was out with a hip uh injury and was so diligent on both of them you know all these these guys are so diligent on their rehab and and doing the right things to get back that you know, that was the heartbreaking part about the spring is they were both playing lights out tennis and, and we were so excited because we had, you know, three of our first years who had been playing top of the lineup who were really good, uh, who were now going to be pushed down. And we were supposed to play MIT that, that Wednesday that things got shut down. Um, and that was going to be Jacobs and, and Vid's first day back. So <clears throat> I... <clears throat> It's tough, really tough. I get emotional, um, but it's it's one of those things. That's sports, you know. Sports are it's it's real, and you don't have the perfect uh, team every year. Um, things happen, but this team was probably as close to perfect as you could ask for. Um, so it was a it was a really tough blow, a really tough blow that they couldn't certainly play in their spring season and you know and and all the while we you know uh, Nick Glover's had injuries and and whatnot throughout his career super talented player but he was a team first guy and was always honest with us and let us know like hey coach I'm I think this guy is more ready than I am or, you know, I'll, I'll be ready for doubles but not for singles and, you know, let me know how I can best be used for the team. And I think that's what made this group special. They, they didn't have any egos and they really wanted what was best for the team. And, you know, the four of them and Izzy was playing his best tennis of his career uh, this, this spring. And it was a special group. I mean, we would have been like six deep, number one level. Um, so, yeah, um, my credit goes to, to the seniors for really um, mentoring the young group when we had a big first-year class, six players and a couple of uh, juniors. And, you know, they were just great leaders and they they were so inclusive and made everyone feel like they were equally as important. And that's it was the hardest working group I've had in my 24 years. And they worked the entire investment season between October uh, when we finished up and, and January, um, and they were ready. They were in the best shape of their lives. Yeah, I was going to say that team first mentality you talked about. Uh, Jacob Eisenberg, I remember you telling me last year, you know, with all the injuries that were going on last season, he stepped up and played it as high as number three singles, even though you probably prefer him to have, you know, maybe a little bit, you know, more down the lineup, but he stepped up and played a very, high, you know, high level um, in the lineup. I mean, what can you say about what he did, you know, kind of taking one for the team, if you will, especially last season, but then also you mentioned this season, you know, he had some big wins, including over, you know, a division two opponent and was really coming to his own. It sounds like this, this year as a senior. 
Yeah, he he's a pretty incredible competitor. You can't can't say enough. I mean, I remember last year when we had a key victory over uh, MIT, and uh, it was pretty pretty amazing match. I mean, it was deep into the third set tiebreaker, and no one competes. You know, we have a bunch of great competitors, but Izzy's like a bulldog out there. And what I was most proud about him this year was he he didn't probably necessarily see himself as going in and playing in the one spot uh, to start the spring, but he demonstrated what he could do. I mean, I mean, he lost to some of these kids in the fall, but then when they were playing in the spring, he he came out on top and he was a fighter and still is a fighter and he. He was just an incredible force, and he showed them the way and made us better, made those kids work harder. And, you know, in the end, you know, as we were moving forward in the spring, you know, like I said, our team is full of guys. They're like, Coach, whatever's best for the team. They're all pretty equal on a given day, can beat each other. Um, you know, they're all satisfied to be wherever in the lineup. They, they, it didn't matter. Um, they're all pretty good. Nick Glover, a guy who came in right away as a first-year Teamed with uh, one, of, you know, one of your great seniors, you know, Josh Keanu, class 2019. But back then, Josh was obviously a little bit younger. He was a sophomore. But uh, those two teamed up right away when Glover first arrived and, and had a great run in the Middlebury Invitational and a few other tournaments. It seemed like uh, Nick really uh, had really good, some success there in tournaments in particular. What can you say about what he's done during his career? And you mentioned, obviously, he was nicked up and, and dealing with some injuries throughout his whole time as well. Yeah, you can't say enough about this kid's talent. I mean, Nick Glover, I mean, some of the stuff, I mean, he's like a magician. Some of the stuff he could do is like you just like throw your arms up and shake your head. It's like, how do you do that? Um, and he he was just so gifted and uh, like one of the quickest, most flexible athletes. You know, like uh, we were blessed with a team full of guys like that. But he uh, he really mentored a lot of the young guys. Uh, took him under their wing, under his wing, and and just you know showed them the way because he had ups and downs and he had struggles and he was a great leader in that he he took people aside and said hey I've been through this you know this is this is how you do it and uh, you know he was a great role model for for our athletes as well. Jacob Coppola, all American doubles as a sophomore on that tech selection. Uh, going back to that sophomore year when he teamed with Ben Rosen. Had that huge win over sixth-ranked, uh, well, the ninth-ranked double team of the sixth-ranked school, the uh, Clement Mud Scripps, there at the NCAA championships. I mean, what do you remember about that year and what Jacob and Ben accomplished? You know, being ITA Division Three All-Americans that season. I can't say enough about Jacob's development. I mean, Cop, as we call him, uh, was just an incredible gamer, like super athletic, could run any ball down, survive a point. His hands, uh, I, rem- I just remember, you know, working so hard on his volleys with him for a couple years, and then it, it all paid off when that run they had. His hands, like some of the volleys, like he made, like were just incredible. And he was playing with a really good uh, partner and, and Ben Rosen, an All-American himself. But, uh, I mean, Cop in his first instant, you know, being at the national championships, he played fearless. It was, it was that quality that made him special he was fearless and when he competed uh he just loved to compete and put it all out there and and was fearless he just he just brought it every every time he played 
and if he had to make an adjustment, he was coachable and he'd listen and would make those adjustments. But his transformation in, in terms of, you know, turning from a baseline player to an all-court attack player and finishing at the net, uh, those those qualities, obviously they're used on the doubles court, but on the singles court as well. And last year, he was, I think he almost went undefeated last year. Um, and uh, And then this year, he was going to have a stellar year. I'm, I'm positive of that, even though he hadn't been in the lineup, like the way he was playing in practice against the guys, um, you know, he and Vid were going to lead our team and, and IZ and, and then the, the first years that, you know, there, we would have been solid. I think we would have surprised some people this year. Well, yeah, you mentioned, I mean, last year in singles, 12 and three, we have them in singles last year, winning 10 of his last 11 matches. That's outstanding. I'm, we were talking about how like, you know, he was second team all NETSAC last year in singles, but with that record, you know, you were thinking, oh man, maybe he deserves to, you know, compete in NCAA for that kind of mark. But, uh, you know, he he played at number two, kind of sacrificing for the team, and it turned out really well for, you know, him in terms of that record and what he was able to accomplish, right? Well, I think if we're in any other region of the country, both uh-huh. uh, Q and COP go to NCAAs. Honestly, um, uh-huh. you know, we're just in this, you know, really deep uh section of the of the country and you know uh we might not have been as deep as a team last year you know down at the bottom like we are this year but at the top we were super strong and honestly uh i thought josh Keanu should have gone to ncas he was top eight in the region for the mm-hmm. last two ranking cycles and should have gone uh he got he got snubbed but you know it's one of those things that um at sports. I mean, sometimes it's, it's not just black and white and there's so many talented players in the Northeast. I was disappointed for him, but you know, we're always going to represent well from the Northeast and there's always going to be eight really strong tennis players that, that represent it at the NCAA. So um, I think uh, Jacob Coppola um, from where he came before uh, college to where he is now, it's transformational and, his leadership ability was incredible, and, and the, all these four seniors—they they, just—they worked. They the whole team worked this year, and they set a standard for future generations, uh, both the men's and the women's side, that you know will be fortunate to emulate. Yeah, and then Vidyada definitely feel for him. You know, injuries last year, injuries this year had a big. You know, he was a big contributor his first two years and continued to be, you know, even when he wasn't able to play. But what was his impact on the program? And what do you, what do you, how do you handle that as a coach when, you know, a student athlete, you know, is injured as frequently maybe as he was these last couple of years in terms of keeping them part of things and not letting them kind of, you know, fade away, if you will? It's so tough. These guys are so competitive, and they're the first ones who want to sacrifice themselves for the team. But as a coach, you have to look at the overall picture and, and say, okay, what's best for this kid's life, <laughs> you know, we want to yeah. make sure he can walk when he's 40 years old. And we want to make sure that, you know, he has a quality of life down the road. And obviously it's not contact, it's not football, but there's some injuries that are really tough. Like, you know, his hip injury was really tough. And so we made a decision. We talked a lot together and, and said, look, I think this is what's best. Like last year he sacrificed a chunk of his half of his season. But I said, look, we want you to be, rehabbed and ready to go so you can have a strong senior year and you know you know who would have known this was going to happen but um i can't give i mean vid went through some very painful um 
treatments all summer long in the fall. He was itching to come out on the court, and he was a good sport. I had to shut him down all the time. I said, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> it's not okay. Uh, you know, we're holding, I had to hold him back. It was like a, a race, a thoroughbred racehorse who was like ready to, to win the, the Preakness. And you had to, you know, you had to hold him back and, and not let him go until the end. And, um, you know, he was just, uh, just such a physical force out there. And that was the incredible thing. He had done such great work with his rehab. And we had held him out, and the plan worked. I mean, he was playing the best tennis of his life um, and ready to come back and showcase what he was going to do on that, that day versus MIT, and our whole season got shut down. So very disappointing, um, heartbreaking for those guys um, to have worked so hard just to get back for one match, and they couldn't even play that one match. So um, it was tough. Yeah, and that that match wasn't really canceled till the day of, right? I mean, you you went in the match uh, to play it. What are your? We were we were that? hopeful. Yeah, we were hopeful. Yeah. I mean, if you remember at that stage of the pandemic, things were changing by the minute. No one knew what was going on, and things were changing literally by the minute. And we were holding out hope that because like to give them that one last opportunity, we knew that NASCAR was canceled. And we weren't going to finish our season, but we were like, maybe we can just get this last match in so that these poor, poor guys who just worked so hard to get back could have at least one final match together. And it was, it was canceled. Any other thoughts you want to share about the, uh, the four men's captains and what their impact means maybe going forward, even you know, now that they're graduating, but obviously leaving behind a, a program they've made better. Yeah, they've, they've left their mark. They, their legacy, even though they, they didn't get to NCAAs this year and they didn't get to compete as a team the way they wanted to, they left a mark on this group that is so strong and they showed them what it's like to be a team and how to be a team and how to compete for each other and how to think of, you know, what can I give, not what can I get. Um, their attitude is going to be lasting for generations. I mean, it's it's so powerful what they did, same as, as our women's captains. I mean, they're just it's generational. Like, the, way, the impact they had is so huge. They're just a special, special class. Um, so I want to thank all our seniors for, for everything. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll salute the seniors from the rowing teams and catch up with head coach Peter Steenstra. Then stay with us over the summer as we take a trip down memory lane and talk to some Bates greats. That's next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, Bates, my